You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real with host Ray Zander. Get ready to expand your life, your knowing, your alignment with Source. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Everyday Attraction. This is your feel-good sister, Ray, and I am very excited to introduce another one of my roving co-host opportunities. I want to welcome to the podcast, Jeanette Ma. Welcome, Jeanette. I love thinking of you as a feel-good sister, Ray. (laughs) I love that. Well, once you're on the podcast, you are officially, unofficially a feel-good sister. So congratulations on that. (laughs) It's so good to have you here. For those of you who are not aware of Jeanette Ma, where have you been living? Because she is truly one of the, one of, I think, the glitterati, the star power of LOA teachers and coaches and leaders. And she is part of the Good Vibe University, goodvibeblog.com. Jeanette Ma, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And it's so exciting to come together and just do some Abe talk like we like to do here. Thank you for the compliment. That's high praise coming from someone whose work I also respect and admire greatly. So thank you. And thanks for inviting me to play with you today. Hey, my pleasure. It's really fun to to get together and just go deeper on some of this stuff. The reason I call the show Everyday Attraction is because I am just kind of over the idea that this is all theory. And um, I'm kind of over just reading the books is, you know, what I love so much about your podcast, Jeanette's podcast is LOA Recon, which I can't recommend enough for everyone to go check out. But I really love the way you take this material and just bring it down into the earth and ground it. I mean, I love being physical and I don't want to just be in my head and always be kind of in the airy fairies. And and I love how you've really brought this home. What is it these days that's sort of really kind of vibing you on this information? Because I know it's always changing and expanding. Well, you know, that's the thing. Like, it seems no matter who I talk with, those of us who have even been studying this and living it, it's one thing to study it, it's another to live it. But even those who have been living it for decades find themselves getting to a deeper practice with it. It seems like there's always another layer where we can embrace it more than we have been. And I'm finding that true for myself as well. So it isn't so much that I'm doing anything different as it is I'm doing it deeper. I'm doing it more naturally, more organically with, you know, less having to remind myself this is how it works. But boy, I'm still a work in progress. And that's one of the things I love about me is that I'm in this with everyone else. I'm not like, oh, I'm the expert who knows how this works and I'm really good at it. I got it figured out. I'm like, no, right in there with you. (laughs) Let's figure it out together. (laughs) 
Yeah, oftentimes, you know, I, I call myself a law of attraction consultant because coach just feels like way too much responsibility. But <laughs> consulting is like, listen, I'm going to be one or two steps ahead of you, but not much farther. So you're not going <laughs> to feel like, you know, any kind of guru vibe around me. But I'm living this long enough and really seeing, you know, what can come from an all in perspective. You know, because it's also one thing to kind of skate around the surface of this stuff and go, yeah, you know, I'll, pr- I'll be aware of my feelings and my thoughts part of the time, but other time I'm just going to go with the flow and whatever, you know, habits I have, I'm going to roll with. But to really be all in, I think is also a significant change on this path, you know, where you're like, I'm just not doing that other thing anymore. You know, I got to say, I, that's one of the things that I think committed conscious creators do so well is that there are plenty of people who know about law of attraction and they use it to like sprinkle magic on the top of their muggle world. You know, they do everything else with the approach of the training most of us got in life that you've got to make it happen yourself and it's hard work and you've got to earn your reward. They go about their life like that. And then they're like, ah, and I'll put a couple of positive thoughts and sprinkle some LOA magic on it. You know what? It works so much better when we start with it from the foundation where what we build is based on the principles of conscious creation, where we listen to guidance and we practice uh, how we focus in order to easier allow all of our dreams to come true, to really truly bring it to our daily process from start to finish. That's what gets me excited. So when you say all in, I'm like, I don't think there's any other way to do this. <laughs> I get a little frustrated with people who are like, oh, Jeanette, I wouldn't really call myself a conscious creator, but can you help me have success with my latest business launch? I'm like, Oh, geez. I wish you'd have called me from the beginning. <laughs> right. It just doesn't work that way. Um, I have to ask you, can you define for the audience what you mean by muggle? I love that term, but I think that might be a new one. Well, yeah, it just anyone who really isn't either aware of or down with the idea that thoughts become things. It's someone who thinks that the world we create is through action. Like we're physically moving atoms around. They have no idea the power of their focus or their attention or their observation like I'm not I'm a Harry Potter fan I'm not like an extreme Harry Potter fan but it's in reference to people who just don't understand their truly incredible power to create life as they want it to be simply by focusing their way into what they want it's by it what I mean is those who are relying on action to get there and how did you come up with muggle that was so funny such a funny term does it stand for something it's from Harry Potter world. Yeah. It's the ones who, the, they're the ones who are magic and the ones who are not. And the ones who are not are called muggles. <laughs> oh, I just, I think I just showed my lack of geek card right there. <laughs> I'm, I've been outed. I'm enough of a Harry Potter fan to know the term, but I, not enough to know if I'm using it appropriately. <laughs> I kind of hijacked it. And I might not be the first one. I might have picked it up from someone else. So I can't take credit. That's cool. (laughs) One of the other things that we share so much is, um, you know, looking at some, in addition to Abraham, because I know we're both hamsters, but this idea too, that there are other teachers that are coming in with such great information. And we, and you mentioned sometimes um, Frank Butterfield of the Communion of Light. I often quote him, but one thing that he's been talking about lately that's captured my attention is sort of this, when you're all in and you're really, I mean, that doesn't mean you don't have contrast, right? You still Mm -hmm. get contrast, which we love. But the contrast is not upsetting. It's that step five that Abraham's talking about. It's like, I'm not upset that I'm back at what feels like step one, right? Right. But 
Frank's been talking about the silver platter, like really we're here to say yes to what it is that we want. And then there'll be a series of silver platters that come and then we just receive them. And it's just a lot less work than a lot of us big hand raised in the air myself have been taught. And it's really a a bit of a, a challenge to break the habit of, I think in my first part of my LOA career, if you will, quote unquote, I really thought I was taking the principles and making them happen. And the deeper I get into this work, I feel like the less and less I'm really here to do, it's really just a matter of getting in that alignment and understanding, you know, what is going on from that larger perspective and watching the silver platters come and saying no and saying yes. And then watching the contrasting. Sometimes the contrast can be, you know, pretty deep and going, isn't that interesting? But there is just so much less to do uh, than to bang it out in action. And that's that's kind of what I wanted to focus on in, in our discussion today is this concept that Abraham has been talking about and, and some of these other channels have been talking about that really we're here to sort of leapfrog from inspiration to inspiration, which feels really flighty in some ways. But what they're saying is that's the most powerful way to attract and to really get it get what you want. Oh, well, I love the way Bashar puts it that the system is designed for us to just follow our highest excitement, whatever that is, for however long we can follow it, when it comes to its natural conclusion, look for your next highest excitement and engage it without expectation. When we're doing that, we are allowing all of those dreams to come true in the most easy, effortless, enjoyable way. That idea, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it might sound like, okay, cool. But actually practicing it to truly trust and to be willing to set aside any gremlin thoughts that will tell you, "Uh oh, your life's going to fall apart if all you do is whatever sounds best. To be able to live that, it's it's a skill. I'm going to say that. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a radical skill, too. I mean, you want to be careful who you share that with at parties, right? <laughs> Because you're going to sound like you're quite loon tune if you're going to walk around saying, oh, I just live from inspiration to inspiration and see what happens. But I think what we're really seeing is there's a deep science that's going on here that when we're not creating problems by claiming problems, when we're not saying I have this issue and therefore creating this issue, when we're staying kind of loose and waiting for our inner beings, our high source spirit, God, whatever we want to call it, to whisper, go here, go here. Then the magic happens. Then the magic can come in. But this idea of living from inspiration with inspiration. Now, my issue, (laughs) go ahead and claim that, right? My opportunity, ha, is, you know, I I get the inspiration, then I immediately want to take action and start to make it happen. It's like, oh, I got the inspiration source. Thank you. Oh, but now I'm going to take my, you know, my muggle skills, and I'm going to go put this together. And that's even that's taking it too far. And, And we introduce resistance even in that. So there's this subtlety of really truly living in that inspirational moment. It's true. And I like Abraham's reminder that when we're following our inspiration, there's very likely going to be action involved. We're going, we like having our hands in the clay, but we do it for fun. We take action for the joy of it, not to make something happen. We do it because we like it. And when we're taking action from that perspective, it really is a different thing than when we're trying to figure it out or trying to prove ourselves worthy that we struggled enough to allow this to happen. But I think action is a very legitimate part of a savvy creator's practice 
when we're doing it from the place of, you know, this is fun. This is my idea of a good time. Exactly. And so this idea, like, let's kind of roll up our sleeves and, and have some fun talking about what inspired action feels like. Because I think that a lot of us, myself included, are very wrapped up into what is responsible action? What is action that I have committed to as a part of society? You know, a lot of my action doesn't really feel inspired. It feels more obligated. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, you know, kind of takes this to the next level is the willingness to not do what you've been doing if it doesn't feel inspired. And boy, if that sounds easy, I mean, it sounds very Hallmark <laughs> card. Just do what inspires you, you know, follow your rainbow. But when we are in this world of commitments and media and obligations and emails, I mean, so much of it doesn't feel good. And yet there is a need to do it. But just the willingness to kind of check in and say, you know, is this inspired action? And if not, am I willing to kind of sit on my hands here? Right. And for what I found was that it became much easier when I trained the people in my life that when they invite me to something, I might very well respond. Like I might not have any reason like, oh, no, it's not because I'm busy. It's not because I have some other obligation. It's because I'm not feeling it. I might not even be able to explain why I'm not feeling it. Maybe it was my favorite thing last month. But this month, no, it's just I'm just not feeling it to train people that that's, that might be the only answer they get from me. That's made it a lot easier for me to be able to live with people who know me. <laughs> for those who don't, learning how to not care what other people think is another skill <laughs> in practicing this following inspiration. So yeah, almost in it almost inevitably there, there comes to that point too, where um, there is that training of people. And I, you know, do you have any friends left? That's what I <laughs> yeah, well, they don't stay friends long if they take offense when I say, yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm a person, I'm not a traditional friend, I'm not going to meet with girls on the weekend. And that's just not my idea of a great time. You want to come over and clean up puppy pee with me, then it's on. <laughs> I love it. Because, well, part of that, you know, one of the great gifts of, of saying yes to only inspired action is you get to be authentically you without apologies. You know, and I, and I love how you share really candidly on the podcast. You're like, this is not who I am and I'm not going to pretend to be that. And I'm not going, no, it doesn't mean that you can't, you know, pay your bills or go pick up your kid from school. What we're really talking about is, is just getting really sensitive as to how you're feeling about what you're doing. And if you can't change the way that you're feeling about what you're doing, then it'd be, be it might be better to have someone else pick up your kid or pay your bills or do whatever because the resistance that we that we kind of stuff into the energy here is just not it slows everything that we want down and then i have this experience where i'll consult with people you know for 5 years and we're still talking about that same issue and obviously mm -hmm. it's not consistently for 5 years but over in and out there'll be a time and i'm like see you're still unwilling and i do it myself too you're unwilling to stop doing the things that don't feel good so that you can move past the resistance that's sort of keeping us repeating the same life experience. You know, I have had a couple of those happen where I find myself on my way to do something that isn't my favorite thing. And I'm very aware it's not my favorite thing. And then I ask myself, why are you doing this when you know you don't want to? And that's my opportunity to get more real with myself. Like sometimes just realizing that 
helps me ensure I don't do it again. But sometimes what happens is I realize it doesn't really feel good not to. Like, for example, family get-togethers. Sometimes that's an amazing thing to be a part of. And other times it's the sort of thing that makes me take a deep breath for. And the last time that I found myself on my way to do something, it didn't feel right to say, count me out, everybody, even though I do that a lot on this one, it didn't feel right to do that. So that was my invitation to say to myself, well, check yourself, Jeanette. If you're going to do it, you better have a fun time doing it because you know better than to do anything you don't. It's not going to have a happy ending if you don't turn this around. So that willingness to remind myself why this was my preference sometimes is all it takes in order to allow there to be a good time in it again, if that makes sense. No, it, it makes total sense. And I think you, you bring up kind of two opportunities that if we're going to do something, then we're going to make the decision to be all in. As we talked about, we're going to make the decision that this is going to be well. And we might even do some pre-paving. We might even throw some of our LOA skill sets at it. But what, what you don't want to do is do it and then begrudgingly be resisting it. That's sort of like, yeah, that's the cocktail that doesn't work well. And, and then there is sometimes where I think we just have to go, screw it. This is just going to be painful. And I'm going to fall out of the airplane. And as Abraham says, it's too late to do anything. You're in, ride it out. You, you're an eternal being of light. (laughs) Maybe you'll get it better the next time. Because I just think sometimes too, we have to be easy on ourselves that, you know, we're going to get ourselves in situations where it's just going to be a three stooges situation. Well, that's what I was thinking too, to cut ourselves slack when we don't get it perfect. Because it doesn't help the situation to be beating ourselves up for it on top of not enjoying it. (laughs) Exactly. But when we get into the more subtle practice of this, the fine tuning, I think conscious creators, they really have to kind of come clean and admit that, you know what, I I know what feels good, but 90% of the time, 80, 60, 50, I just don't give myself permission to do it. And I think a lot of it has to do with permission because we're concerned about, you know, as you said, how people will feel, um, you know, what our boss will think when we said, hey, it just didn't feel good to come to work today. <laughs> I was just going to say for a lot of people, it's their job. You know, that, that if they had their druthers, they would not be going to the job they go to five days a week. But when you ask yourself, does it really feel good not to go? They don't have a, often, they don't have a yes for that either. Because, you know, what they believe the consequences to be of that. So it becomes a matter of navigating our way through what feels best based on the limiting beliefs that we continue to engage. And yes, one of our options is to change those beliefs. But for as long as they exist, to be willing to choose what feels best and then let that be right instead of continue to focus on what we don't like about it. It's such a good point. I eventually, I got to the point where uh, it it did feel like I could no longer justify going to that job. I'd done it long enough by saying, yeah, I like the money and it's, um, I've got a plan. I'm eliminating debt. What, there's going to be a time when I'm not going to need this job anymore. That got me through a couple of years on the job, but eventually it wasn't good enough for me anymore. And I did quit despite not having alternate income lined up. <laughs> Because it did, well, there was one day when it did feel better. And when that's what felt better, that's what I did. But it was an evolution, an evolution of thought and what I believed was possible for myself in an alternate life, which I'm living now. And I think it is you can start small where you start to, like you say, no to those 
parties or situations or invitations that you get that you automatically said yes out of obligations. It really is looking more internally and sort of mapping out how does this feel to me authentically? I think a lot of times we normalize dread to the point where we don't even recognize that we're suffering because we've made it so normal. So I think it's this opportunity to kind of step and really check in with us and say, you know what, this doesn't feel good. And just because I've said yes for the last five years or two years, or, or I've always done this for this person, I'm going to really connect in with these laws. And I'm going to say, if it doesn't feel good, it's probably not serving me. And you can start small. And then I think it was Frank that said, you know, he had a job that he was really pushing against and his channels said to him, well, you really like the ice maker at that office. Let's just focus on the ice maker. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, Frank. And so he just really spent all his time whenever he thought about work was how much he loved that ice maker. And sure enough, the universe, then the silver platter universe started to, to intervene. And within a very short period of time, he was laid off with, you know, severance and ability to move on to the next thing. It's wonderful how when you begin to let the magic and the silver platter universe serve you, you start to build momentum where you're thinking, oh, this is cooking with gas. This is what I came for. I didn't come here to figure it all out. I just came here to leapfrog from one lily inspired pad to the next. Mm-hmm. And I'm good at this. And this, and then this momentum starts to happen. And I think, you know, you and I are at the point where we're probably, you know, quite addicted to the magic where hell no, we're not going back to what Frank talks about as the chaotic universe where it's all just about action and who you know. And that's just a, a whole made up thing. I'm done with the chaotic universe. That stuff's for the birds. Agreed. <laughs> you know, I kind of feel like there's no going back. Once you look at this stuff, and for me, the, the first time I ran across conscious creation principles, it clicked immediately. I, I, I just, there was an inner knowing that yes, this is so. I didn't have to read up on it or study it or debate it with myself for a long time. I instantly knew this is how it is. Just some sort of inner knowing I can't explain. And there isn't really, there, I never had to continue to remind myself that this is how it is. I had to continue to remind myself how to practice it. But there wasn't any going back once I saw the light about what how our world really works. Well, I love the story that you have because, you know, you started out, as you mentioned, in sort of a, a job job and then started to work into this place where you're really living the dream, living the life that you always dreamt of. And I I love the process because it feels like to me, there was a point where you said, I'm all in. And then the universe started to really build up. I mean, you've got a membership site, you've got clients that you're working with. I mean, you're you're living the dream. And do you have any sense how you got here? (laughs) You know what? It was was one step at a time of practicing it and trusting it and allowing myself to get even better at it over time so that because in the beginning I would I would use these principles for little things and then I would use them for bigger things and when I was at the point where I was using it on the job for my employer's benefit of course I was benefiting too it made me look good but I realized Jeanette maybe you could do this for your own self instead of your employer <laughs> Once I trusted at that level, like I'm willing to bet my income on this, that was really embracing it in a way that for me, who likes, look, safety and security, I I don't do crazy leaps of faith. I was not born in an entrepreneur's family. We We did not roll that way. So it was a lot of people would call it crazy thinking. 
but I had built up enough experience with it and I had enough trust in myself and the system that I was willing to go all in, <laughs> which is what it felt like when I was saying, we're going to do it for money. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate, right? The ultimate. I'm, I'm out of here, boys. Well, really, what what I feel like your story exemplifies is this idea that you you really started learning about your expansion from joy rather than pain and suffering. And I think that if there's any theme that I want to take away from our podcast today, it's that we have a choice. We can expand through suffering and pain. And certainly there is a lot of step wanting in the world. And there's a lot of things that are happening because of the contrast. But I'm really captivated by this idea that I can grow equally as deep and equally as tall, learning from joy, learning through joy, learning through that joyful experience, and not just, you know, living the contrast so that I can grow spiritually. I like the reminder from Abraham that we've lived enough contrast to last us several lifetimes. We don't need to keep doing that. And that it's up to us how much of it we experience, that we can put the gas or the brakes on it at will based on how we focus. So once we recognize, oh, actually, this is not very fun. All it takes is changing our mind in order to give ourselves relief. And then we benefit from that. I was thinking about how you said living a dream come true. And I was like, you know what? This is even better than what I originally dreamed. What I'm living now, I didn't even know it could be this good. And I know it only gets better from here. Like I can't even imagine what it'll look like five or 10 years from now because the whole thing just keeps continuing. It just keeps getting better and better and better. And we don't need that much contrast in order to fuel that expansion. <laughs> And I love that message because I think that that really allows us to be happy on the way to being happy. And it allows us to to be equally as deep and contemplative in our expansion. Um, just because we're learning through joy and through yes and through aligning doesn't make it any more kind of traumatic and beautiful in its expansion. And the money part then becomes just sort of the laugh that follows the joke. You know, it's so natural. It doesn't become... An intention, it just follows the joy. And, and I think that's such an exquisite way to move through life. Uh, and, it, and it just is so much more fun than the muggle way. I keep, I'm going to just claim that as my own too. Because <laughs> <Right laughs> now I'm using it so officially. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit before we conclude today about um, your website and the things you're doing in the Good Vibe University. I highly recommend everyone checking out goodvibeblog.com, goodvibeblog.com, and also Jeanette's podcast, LOA Recon, and, and just dive in. It's a fantastic community. There's lots of things to do. There's lots of things to learn and to engage. But just as a place where conscious creators can get together and really talk our crazy talk, because, you know, we always say, don't share this with your neighbors. It <laughs> oftentimes won't go over well. Um, and anyone who is ready for this work will find you. So uh, is there anything that you'd like to, to tell everyone, um, our listenership about what you're doing? This really was born, this community was born out of my own desire for some good company in this because I felt so lonely. I was practicing this and that it was before ask and it is given. It was before the secret. There weren't a bazillion books in the self-help section at Barnes and Nobles on this. It, it felt really lonely. And whenever I did try to talk with anyone about it, they looked at me like I was crazy. So I just, I really just wanted to play with other people who were playing in this way. 
And it turns out I wasn't alone. (laughs) There are plenty of others who found that when we share this, when we support each other, when we offer tips and resources and suggestions and ideas and successes, it helps inspire us to be even better at it. There's, There's something about how we're better together that I've certainly benefited from spending time with fellow creators. And and I say that as someone who is a pretty strong introvert, but one of my highest joys is supporting other conscious creators in embracing their true powers to create reality as they want it to be. So anyone who's interested in doing that, you're my idea of a good time. <laughs> and there are lots of ways to plug in at the blog, at the podcast. Good Vibe University is getting a makeover as we speak right now. I'm redoing the first year courses, streamlining the content, because my original intention there was that when someone showed up, they would never get bored. There would be so much there to play with. They would never get bored, no matter how long they hung out there. And the way some people experienced that was overwhelm. <laughs> so I'm streamlining it. So it's a, it's a really clear way to take you from A to Z in the process of embracing your powers to masterfully create your reality and still having a ton of fun with that. And, um, Having a ton of fun with you, Ray. I got to say thanks again for inviting me to play with you and your audience. You are also my idea of a good time. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you will consider coming back and co-hosting another edition of of Everyday Attraction because you just fit in the cockpit so nicely. (laughs) Absolutely. It'll be my pleasure. And it's been really fun. So thank you all for listening. And as we like to say at the end of every podcast, feel good, sisters and brothers, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real. Join host Ray Zander every Friday at noon Central Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Unity Online Radio for more ways to align with your source and start living the life you intended to live. Everyday Attraction is a part of the Align Radio Network at www.alignradio.com and sponsored by Send Out Cards. Check out www.sendoutcards.com forward slash attraction. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world.